This call is being recorded. Hallelujah. Brethren, we thank our Father so much for tonight for blessing us with the opportunity of fellowshipping together by His Spirit in the name of His Son. Hallelujah. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And I've said this before, that he does not come because we gathered. He is the one that invited us to come. Hallelujah. He is the one who invited us. He threw the invitation and we respond. Our hearts respond. Then we gather. Hallelujah. And he is here for a purpose. Hallelujah. Every gathering of believers, there is a purpose of the Father for that gathering. Amen and amen. He's not just sitting down waiting to see what we would want to do. No. There is a purpose. And as we yield to the Holy Spirit, that purpose is unveiled. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what. God's plan and purpose is always to develop his seeds in us. Amen and amen. We read the book of John, and John tells us that he that is born of God cannot sin because the seed of God remains in him. And over there in that scripture, John unveils our eyes to a revelation, a truth, that when a man is born again, the seed of God is planted in him. Hallelujah. That seed, when grown, when nurtured, grows and becomes Christ in that person. So as we grow in the faith, Christ is being formed in us and we are being formed in Christ. It's a mystery. Christ is being formed in us and he is being formed and we are also being formed in him. Hallelujah. So the seed of God remains in us. The seed of God remains in us. As a believer, that should be on, on the forefront of your mind that the seed of God is in you. So daily, all that God wants to do is to water and nurture that seed of God, of that, that seed of his that is in you. That Christ may grow and be perfected in you. Hallelujah. That is why Paul could pray, could, could say that, you know, concerning the Philippians, I think it was the Philippians or the Galatians, one of them, he said that, for whom we travail again in childbed unto Christ be formed in you. Hallelujah. That the fullness of the Christ will be made manifest in us. That we would will become more like him. Amen, amen. And that is the plan and that is the purpose of God. That is the that is the reason for the word that comes to us every day. Amen and amen. But you know, as as Uncle Ben was leading the prayer, we, we, we pray for those who have been affected by the storms and uh, by the hurricane and, and all that. Sometimes it is very difficult to tell people of the love of Christ in times of crisis like this. When there's an earthquake that devours an entire nation, when there's a fire that rages through an entire city, when there's a hurricane that destroys, a, 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 almost it tears an entire country apart, how do you tell people God loves them? Uh, because the very first thing is, the first question people ask is, why did God allow this to happen to us? You know, and 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 by that very question, it's almost as if they have already indicted God with the responsibility of causing that particular thing to happen. Hallelujah. So in such a moment, it's very difficult as a believer sometimes to let people know or assure men of God's love. If God loves me, why did he allow these things to happen to me? Hallelujah. But you see, as a believer, you should always know this, that this is a fallen world. 
And the God of this world is the devil. The God of this world system is the devil. Hallelujah. Our father in the garden made Adam the God of this world. When I say God, not as in God, as in God, but I mean ruler of this world. He gave him dominion over the earth. Hallelujah. But Adam ceded that dominion to the devil. So when even Jesus came, the devil said to 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 Jesus when he took him on the mountaintop, when he took him to the high place, he said to him that if you bow before me, I'll give unto you the kingdoms of this world, for it has been given unto me or handed over to me. When did that handing over ceremony take place? It took place in the garden when Adam ceded authority over the earth to the devil. So now the devil has authority over the earth. Hallelujah. So the Bible calls him the God of this world system. He rules, hallelujah, over this world system. The nations of the earth are operating a system of the devil. Hallelujah. And there are demonic entities, principalities, that are behind the scene ruling the nations. And we have, a, we have a peek into that in the book of Daniel. When Daniel prayed, and the Bible says that God sent an angel to answer the moment Daniel said he started to pray, but he was withstood by the prince of Persia. So there was a physical ruler of Persia, but there was an unseen ruler called the prince of Persia. Hallelujah. Ruling that, 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 that vicinity or that country. Amen and amen. And that's how it has been. Even though the devil has been defeated, he is still operating the lease of Adam. When God gave the earth to Adam, God leased it to him. And the lease has not ended. The lease will end when Christ comes and establishes his, his rule and reign here on the earth. Hallelujah. After, after which this world will be engulfed in fire and be destroyed, and we shall receive a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. But until then, we must know that this world is a fallen world. And everything, not only humanity, everything in this world was affected by that fall. The foundations of the earth, when you read the book of Psalm 82, the Bible says in Psalm 82 that all the foundations of the earth are out of course. Hallelujah. Everything in the world is out of course. It was all affected by the fall. And sometimes things go the way they were not intended to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But all things in this world shall be redeemed and brought into the liberty of the sons of God on the return of Christ. Amen and amen. And all things shall be made new. Hallelujah. So sometimes when you have this understanding, you, you can be able to better show men, you know, the heart of God towards them. Let them know that this is a fallen world and that God is not responsible for the hurricane and God is not responsible for the earthquake. It's just that the world is out of order because of the fall. Amen and amen. But we have hope. Hallelujah. Mount that a time is coming when this world that is still subject to death shall be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Romans chapter number 8. Amen and amen. So this is the hope in which we glory. The Bible says that the endless expectation of the creature, talking about the rest of the world, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The Bible says that for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected it in hope. 
Hallelujah. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. So the principle of corruption is still working in this world. That is why everything dies. The trees were affected. The forest, the animals of the field, the very ground on which we walk, everything, the wind, everything was affected by the fall. But the Bible says that because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So for now, the world is under bondage to corruption. And the nations of the world are under bondage to the God of this world system, that is the devil. That is why I wonder, I, I worry when believers expect too much of their political leaders in terms of establishing what you call or enacting Christian laws. There's no Christian nation, so don't expect your politician to be a pastor to you. You understand? Hmm. They were not put there by God. God did not choose them. They were chosen by the people. The people voted for them. And they are a reflection of the state of the people and what the people want. So when the people vote for a leader and they claim that we want gay marriage to take place in the nation, the leader has no choice because he represents the, the collective interest of the people. As a believer, you may not necessarily be able to fight that. Hallelujah. Yours is to win the hearts of men through the gospel. Amen and amen. And it would not matter even if there is a law established because you want the heart of men unto Christ. The law will be made foolish. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You understand? So sometimes we need to know how to engage in our warfare. You understand? I see believers sometimes fighting things they have no business fighting. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not canal. The weapons, and, and that is not just talking about weapons as in things you fight with, but it's also talking about the kind of strategies by which we engage in this warfare. They are not canal. They are not from a human point of view. Amen? Mm-hmm. But they are mighty through God, meaning that they are spiritual. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. So let the world do what they do. We have hope in Christ, and we must we must make our warfare with this understanding from a spiritual point of view, through prayer and and winning the hearts of men. Amen and amen. That is what matters. Winning the hearts of men. You may be there fighting for a Christian nation, but in actuality, there, there is no Christian nation. There is nothing like a Christian nation here on the earth. Not America, not England, not Italy, not any place on this earth. Hallelujah. The only Christian people in nations. And the influence of God is in any nation is dependent on how well the Christians in that nation are yielded to him in their hearts. Then God can work through them to affect the nation. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm talking about? That is the reality. So sometimes when things like this happen, you know, when, when natural disasters happen like that, sometimes we and, and some people even 
call it act of God. That is a wrong idea. When you when you get your insurance papers, sometimes they categorize all these things as acts of God. They are not acts of God. God did not cause them. Don't blame him. The world is out of order. That is why things like this happen. But we have hope in Christ. Amen and amen. And the interesting thing is it will get worse and worse. It will. Hallelujah. Anyways, I just wanted to say that so that at least we'll have an idea of how to encourage people in, in, in terms like this. But again, in, in the Romans chapter number 8, that is where we are going to see uh, our message from today. Today I want to talk about the help of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible says that likewise the Spirit helps our infirmity. Amen and amen. Somebody say likewise. Likewise. The Spirit helps our infirmities. Hallelujah. You see, as a believer, you should understand this, that when Jesus was leaving, he left you in the care of one man. Let me not say one man. That he left you in the care of someone, and that person is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as offense, but I will send you the comforter, the allos paracletus, that is one just like me to be with you. And it shall be in you, and it shall be with you. Hallelujah. You were left in the care of someone. You remember the, the, the good Samaritan? After he had found the man by the roadside, the Bible says that he tended the wounds of the man, and he took him to an inn and left him in the care of an innkeeper. The innkeeper now taking care of the church is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. We are in the care of the Holy Spirit. He has filled us, hallelujah, unto redemption. Amen and amen. And he bears witness with our spirit, assuring us that we are indeed children of God. Because sometimes you are born again and you wonder, how do I even know I'm born again? Uh, how can I attest that I'm born again? It is the witness of the Holy Spirit with your spirit, hallelujah, that tells you you are indeed born again. Romans chapter number 8, verse 16, the Bible says that, but the Spirit itself beared witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That is the only proof to you that you are born again, the witness of the Spirit with your spirit. He assures your heart that you are indeed a child of God. Hallelujah. The question... You know, it behooves me to ask is, are you aware of the witness of the Spirit with your spirit, that you are indeed a child of God? Have you received that witness in you? Has the Holy Ghost born witness in your spirit to you, that you are indeed a child of God? Hallelujah. And you do it. As long as you are a child, you bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of His. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are in the care of the Holy Spirit, and His job is to help you. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8. Let's jump down to verse 26. Amen and amen. Paul talks about a lot of things, a lot of deep things in Romans chapter number 8. But look at verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. The Spirit also helps our infirmities. Then he goes on to talk about how we do not know how we ought to pray. He lists one of our infirmities. Amen and amen. That is ignorance in prayer. But before he listed one of it, he made mention of infirmities, not infirmity. Infirmity is weakness. Hallelujah. 
Then he said, infirmities, meaning weaknesses. We have many. How many of us are aware that we have many weaknesses as believers? We do, we do, we do. For one, this flesh is still with us. Oh, and in the flesh, how weak we are. The Spirit helped our infirmities, meaning that Paul is trying to say, it is not only in prayer, as I'm about to describe to you, but there are all other infirmities you have as a believer. He helps you with it. Amen and amen. That is the purpose of the Spirit in your life. The Spirit is not here to, listen, the Spirit is not here to help your dream that you have concocted in your head for yourself. To help you achieve whatever you have planned for yourself. No. He helps your infirmities. And the Bible is very specific about that. Amen and amen. Let's look at that word infirmities. The English word is just help. But it actually comes from the Greek word that is sunan. Hallelujah. And that is actually three words put together. The first part is sun, sun, which is S-U-N, which means together with. And the next is anti, which is over against. Hallelujah. And then lambano, that is to take. Amen and amen. So the picture that is being painted here is that the spirit is together with you over against and to take. To take what? To take your burden and your weakness. So he's standing together with you to take your burden and your weakness. Standing together with you over against your burden and your weakness. It's, it's painting a picture of almost a log that is supposed to be carried from, say, point A to point B. Hallelujah. Then you need somebody to help you carry that log. So you, you, you take one part and the Spirit of God also takes the other part. You both put it on your shoulder and you carry it. Hallelujah. So the burden is the Lord. The Spirit comes together with you. He agrees with you. And you take that burden together. And that is key. Hallelujah. The help the Spirit gives you is not that He comes to take all your weakness upon Himself and you don't play any part in it. No, you play a part. It is together with you. So you take the burdens together. Hallelujah. He does not bear the burden alone. You bear it with him. He helps you in your infirmity. Hallelujah. That means that there ought to be cooperation between you and the Holy Ghost. When he does his part, you have to do your part. Amen and mm-hmm. amen. Amen. And I'll, I'll, and I'll show you an example of how to do your part. When the Spirit comes to help your infirmities, you have to do your part. And the Spirit of God will also do His part. But the key thing is we are the help for our infirmities, plural. I said we are the help for our infirmities, and that is the Holy Ghost. That means also that it is in vain to struggle as a believer. It is in vain to do what? To struggle alone as a believer. You are the helper in the person of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter the kind of struggle you are having. Is this struggle with sin? Is this struggle with, 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 with prayer in your life? Struggle with studying the word of God? Struggling and walking in faith? Whatever struggle it may be, you are the help in the Holy Spirit. And you must not bear the burden alone. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So we, we, we need to understand that. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. And I'll go to the part that talks about prayer, but I want to really handle this part very well, where it talks about, you know, um, 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 helping our infirmities. The only time we see this where Sunantil and Banomai being used is when Mary asked Jesus to tell Martha to come help her. So Mary was telling Jesus, tell Martha to come Sunantil and Banomai me. That is, tell her to come help me. You remember when Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house and Martha was encumbered with a lot of serving and cooking. He told Jesus, don't you care that my sister does not help me? You know, Mary was not thinking that, um, Martha was not thinking Mary would come and take over the cooking, but rather Mary would come and help her continue the cooking. Hallelujah. So that both of them, they can, they can work well, they can work fast and finish early, and that it will not be, it will not be too much of a burden upon her alone. Amen and amen. Amen. So you see, that is the same kind of help the Holy Ghost gives us. He is in our lives to help us. So there is no need for you as a believer to wake up at night worrying about anything in your life. It is totally unnecessary. Thinking about where will this come from? How will this be? What will happen? Listen, remember when, when Mary, when the word of God came unto Mary that he was going to be with a child and, and that he was to name his name Jesus. Mary was wondering... How shall this be, since I know not a man? What was the response the angel gave to Mary? He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Hallelujah. The answer to every how in the faith is the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. You see, and that is the answer to your question you've been asking also about how is this going to be? How is my life going to turn out? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? The answer of God to you tonight is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So what you need to learn how to do as a believer is to learn to cooperate with the Spirit. Learn how to yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. Learn how to cooperate with the Spirit so that, you see, you can receive the fullness of his ministry of help because he's there to help you in all your insanity. He's there to help your infirmities. Why struggle alone? Say the Spirit of God. Why struggle alone? Why struggle alone? Hallelujah. And sometimes I, I, I personally think the Holy Spirit is so much grieved when he sees us struggling and we are not willing to allow him play his role in our life of helping us with our infirmities. Struggling with whatever it may be in our lives. And we don't, we don't give him the chance to come in. Amen and amen. But today, you are understanding that you have a help in the Spirit of God. Whatever infirmity you may have, whatever weakness you may have, the Holy Spirit is there to help you with it. He's there to succor you. That is, to bear you up. So that you can 
carry that burden. And I need, I need to also say this. You know, when it talks about infirmity, infirmity in two parts, okay? Uh, our weakness and then our burdens. The weakness is internal. You have a weakness. Maybe you are inadequate in doing something. There is an inadequacy in your life that limits you from being able to accomplish a particular task. You understand? Or there is a flaw in your life that, that keeps you at bay or keeps you from reaching forth and, and attaining certain heights in the spirit. That is a weakness in you. That is internal. That is personal. There is also the one that is, that is a burden, you know, the infirmity that talks about the burden. The burden is an external thing, a weight that is put on you from the outside, the pressures of the world, the attack of the world, the, 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 the things that come from the outside that become a weight upon your life. In both cases, the Holy Spirit is there for you. That is why when Paul prayed to the Father for help, the Holy Ghost helped him. And the Father said to him, listen, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said, concerning this thing, I saw the Lord Christ to take it from me. God, take away this weakness. I said, no, 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 no. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. The Holy Ghost is bearing you up in your weakness. So in our faith walk then, your weakness does not matter. Mm. Let me say that again. In our faith work then, because we have a help in the person of the Holy Spirit, your weakness does not matter. And your weakness cannot determine the outcome of anything you do. Sometimes you are looking at the, the future of, of, of what you're doing and you're thinking, uh, how is it going to turn out? You're, you are viewing it through the eyes of your weakness. And you can't see that anything would ever come out of it. But I want to tell you today, your weakness is not the determiner of the outcome of anything in your life. Because you have a great help in the person of the Holy Ghost. Where you are weak, he feels in. Amen and amen. That's what the Bible says, and not by might. Ah, not by power. Somebody help me out. But by my spirit. Say it who? The Lord. Not by might. Not by power. But by my spirit. Why? Because your might is not enough. So not that you don't have might. You have might. But it is not, it is not quite enough. You have power. You, you have intellectual powers. You understand? You have financial power, but it is not quite enough. It is not enough. But by my spirit, say the Lord. So your strength can only go to this height. Then the Holy Ghost comes. And takes over. Amen and amen. He joins his strength with your strength. So his strength now becomes your strength. Then the work is accomplished. That is why he could say to Gideon, like we said the last time, he said, go in this your might. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Let me show you an example. The four lepers. When they got up and they decided that we are not going to stay here, we are going to move forward. The Bible says, as they were walking, their might was their walking. 
and the sound of their walking could only be heard by people who were just they could they were the only people who could hear their own walking. That was their own strength. That was their own efforts. But the Bible says that God multiplied the sound of their walking. Imagine four lepers walking. I mean, they going even into the enemy camp. They are trying to tiptoe so that nobody will hear them that they are coming because they are lepers and nobody wants to see a leper. Hallelujah. God multiplied it and it sounded like a mighty Russian army that is coming into the camp of Syria and the enemy fled. That, oh, can you, can you get the picture now? That is the spirit helping your infirmity. Mm. In the same way it is with you. So as a ministry faith generation, we look at the huge task the Lord has laid before us to accomplish. Amen and amen. Sometimes when we talk about going to the nations to preach the gospel, the nations we have been praying for, like Syria and, 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 and like last week, this week we've been, playing, we've been praying for Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, going to these places to preach the gospel. And you think about how over there there, there are strong Muslim nations and, and, and you, you wonder whether you will even be able to do that. You are even saying to yourself, Mina, when did I even get born again? As a son, you are talking about going to Uzbekistan to go preach the gospel. When did I even get born again? I'm not even established yet. You are you're talking about going to Uzbekistan to go preach the gospel. Hallelujah. But the Spirit helped your infirmity. Amen and amen. 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 Yes, the Spirit helped your infirmity. Sometimes you, 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 you look at yourself and you look at your own weakness. Mm. And immediately remind yourself, the Spirit helps my infirmity. Mandola bakashata. And you know how you stir up, you stir up the, the, the might of the Spirit of God in you to help you? Anytime you are reminded of your weakness, lock yourself up. Or right there and there, just remind us, the Spirit helps my infirmity. The Spirit helps my infirmity. The Spirit helps my infirmity. Then you say, Holy Spirit, I yield it unto you. Take over in the name of Jesus. Then start speaking in tongues. Just start speaking in tongues. You are stirring up the help of the Holy Ghost in you. Then you start getting, you begin to see the Holy Ghost leading you, guiding you, giving you wisdom on how to handle the situation because your wisdom is limited. Your wisdom is what? Limited. Your strength is limited. But with the Holy Ghost, it is limitless. Hallelujah. Because with God, nothing is what? Impossible. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is God. Your strength, your wisdom, your power is limited. But with the Holy Spirit, it is limitless. There is no limit to it. That is why one can put a thousand to flight. And that's why two can put ten thousand to flight. How? Because of the Holy Ghost. Brethren, listen. You should never ever come to the place where you say, I have no one. How could you even say that as a believer? How could you? How could you ever say that I have no one to help me? How could you? When you are such a great help in the person of the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. 
How could you ever come to the place where you say, I cannot do this thing God has called me to do? How could you ever come to the place of saying such a thing? When there is the Holy Spirit to help your insanity. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on in the scriptures. So, Pastor Paul, I talked about that. He says that, for we know not. Listen, listen to the wording very well. Now, I want you to take care of the words that Paul actually says. Look at, look at verse 26. He says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, he singled out prayer as an area where, as believers, we have an infirmity. And do you know, do you know believers, we have an infirmity in prayer? What is that infirmity? It's our ignorance of what we ought to pray for. The Bible did not say we do not know how to pray. The Bible did not talk about the how of prayer, but it talked about the what of prayer. Sometimes we go before God and we don't even know what to ask for. We start asking things we are not even supposed to be asking for. Hallelujah. As for the how to pray, he has taught us. Pray in faith, pray in the name of Jesus. He's taught us about what we ought to pray for as we ought. That means that, listen, prayer, don't joke with prayer. Listen to the word in Paul Vero. It says, for we do not know what we ought to pray for as we ought. I love the way he added that part, as we ought. That means that there is an expectation of the Father, of you when you come before him, to ask specific things per time. Amen and amen. amen. Anytime you go before the Father, the Father has a list of things that he expects you to pray about. That is, as you ought. There are things he's expecting you to pray about. But you go there and you have no idea of those things. So you start asking God other things. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the Holy Ghost will come in and help your infirmity. He will help your ignorance. Then he will take over. And the Bible says that he begins to make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered. The groanings which cannot be uttered here is not tongue speaking. When you speak in tongues, you are uttering something. Groanings cannot be uttered. Those are depths of prayer where you get to and words are not even coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. You are groaning in the spirit. And the spirit of God is groaning in you. Amen and amen. Amen. Mm. Making intercession for you. And the Bible says that he that knows what the mind of the spirit is. Hallelujah. He that searches the heart knoweth what the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to what? The will of God. Amen and amen. amen. According to the will of God. So sometimes because of our ignorance of what God will for us to pray about, we go before him asking anything and praying about something. Because you see, we see things in the natural and we think those are the things that we have to deal with. But before the Father, he sees things differently. And there are other things. Because sometimes the things you, are, you think are pressing needs I need to take before the Father. The Father says, I've dealt with them already. Deal with these ones rather in prayer. And that is our weakness in prayer. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us. 
And so one of the things we must learn as believers is how to pray by the Spirit. Amen and amen. How to pray by the Spirit. That means the prayer God responds to is prayer by the Spirit. Not not your prayer and choosing the right words and using some beautiful language to capture your prayer. That's not what stares God. You understand? It is not your mastery of the English language in prayer, the demonstration of your mastery of the English language in prayer, that moves God. That is foolishness unto God. <laughs> you understand? Especially those written prayers sometimes when they are having stick functions and all those things. You see a priest or a reverend will come with a written prayer and with, with some big, big words, you know, English words that would take four dictionaries to define. And they will just utter those words and it will sound it sounds nice. It's foolishness. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> because unless you pray by the spirit, God is not moved by it. Amen and amen. 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 Because when you get to God, He has a list of things you ought to pray about. And the only person who knows them is, is the Spirit. The Bible says that what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man except the Spirit who is in him. So the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit searches the things of God, yea, the deep things of God. So the Holy Ghost is able to search the mind of God and search the will of God to know and reveal unto you that at this time that you are in prayer, this is what God wants you to deal with. This is what God wants you to pray about. This is what the Father will want you to petition and intercede for. Then the Holy Spirit will take it and begin to groan within you. Hallelujah. Your part is to allow him. Manko then as you go deeper, you realize that you begin to groan. You, he, he's taking over now. He's just taking over now. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You begin to groan. You begin to groan. You begin to groan in the spirit. You, you, are, you are praying, but words are not coming out of your mouth. And you, are, you, you know how women, sometimes women are in, or, or not sometimes, all the time when women are going through labor. You understand? They are going through labor about to deliver. They go through what we call birth pains. And they begin to groan. It's as if they are trying to birth something. And they are, actually. They go through birth pains and they begin to groan in themselves. It's a groaning because something is moving. And that's the same thing. We groan because the Holy Spirit is moving. There's something moving in us. It's a groaning of the Spirit. Words can't it, it, you can't utter them in words. You see, when you pray in tongues, those are words you are speaking. Hallelujah. Those are words. They may be tongues of angels, they are, but they are words. But you see, when you transcend that and you go deeper, you groan and words, cannot, words can't utter those things. Hallelujah. There are no words to capture. It is simply, that is what we call, you know, uh, there, is, there is something happening. Uh, uh, it's divinity with divinity. Manko Shahadas. 
the Holy Ghost himself with the Father. Something that is why you see prayer. I tell you, prayer is the highest form of participating in divinity for you as a believer. Prayer is the highest form of participating in divinity as a believer. So don't take prayer for granted. When we gather to pray, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to pray and you just mumble some things. Some things have become a cliche for you to say. You just say them and then you pass by. You. What a privilege we often forfeit in prayer. What a privilege we often forfeit. Hallelujah. We forfeit those privileges of, of the blessing of prayer. When we treat prayer as, you know, a normal thing. But Paul is showing us here that the Holy Ghost is there to bear us up in our infirmity in prayer. Sometimes because you don't know what you ought to pray for as you ought. And one of the ways to step into the knowledge of what you ought to pray for is by praying in the spirit, praying in tongues for a while. Hallelujah. Praying in tongues. You are, you are setting yourself up. Hallelujah. You see, when we pray in tongues, we are not joking. <laughs> we are not joking when we pray in tongues. It's not like we, we, we found some language to be speaking. No, 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 no. no. We, we are serious about what we are doing. Amen and amen. There is a spiritual engagement going on. Our spirit is engaging the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit is taking over. And gradually you launch into groanings. Hallelujah. Then you realize that you are just there. Sometimes you'll be on the floor and you are even rolling on the floor and you are just groaning. You are just groaning. And as a believer, you should come to that place more often in your life. More often in your life. More, what I say, more often. Not once in a while, more often. That means you should pray and pray till you break into that, that dimension. Hallelujah. You should pray and pray till you break into that dimension. And as you break into it more, you realize that it becomes, it becomes normal in your life. The moment you set your heart to pray, you realize that you need to start groaning right away. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Because sometimes when you start to pray, the flesh is still there. The flesh is still influencing things. You understand? The flesh is still influencing things. The Holy Ghost has to rid everything of the flesh. Uh, so that nothing will be of the flesh. Everything that is being lifted up, the incense that is being lifted up, uh, there is no flesh in it. Hallelujah. Because nothing in the flesh can please God. So, brethren, what are we saying tonight? We are saying that the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. So it is absolutely insane for you as a believer to go through any struggle alone. It is absolutely insane for you as a believer to bear any burden alone. If you are bearing any burden alone, it is because you are ignorant of the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to help you, or you know it, but you just don't want him to help you. And that, I don't really know what, what, what that would be about. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And we have also said that your weakness can never determine the outcome of anything in your life, and should never. Because you have somebody who helps you in your infirmities. So your weakness is no longer a factor. 
So no one among us in say generation should say like Gideon. I am the least of my of my 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 clan is the least in the country, and I'm the least in my clan. Nobody should ever say that. Nobody should ever say, oh, Pastor Sam, I don't know how to preach. You should never say that. Anytime I say to you, I want you to preach, I want you to lead prayer, I want you to do this. The first thing you should say is, Pastor Sam, when do you want me to do that? Thank you for the opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm not getting an amen on that one. Amen. Hello. I think whenever I ask you that we are going to do this, say generation, we are going to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to do this, never say, oh, Pastor Sam, I can't do it, or I can somebody else do it. Pastor Sam, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't know how I'll, don't say that. Say, Pastor Sam, thank you for the opportunity, please. When can I do it? The moment you say that, you know what happens? The Holy Ghost takes over. Mm. That means you, what you have done is you have welcomed the Holy Ghost to help you, and you'll be amazed what the Spirit of God. Look at Peter. Before a young maiden, Peter denied Jesus three times. But after the Holy Ghost came upon Peter, the Spirit helped the infirmity of Peter. He preached before 3,000 and bore witness of the Christ. Before a simple maid, Peter could not bear witness of Christ. But before 3,000, Peter and many were saved. Even more than 3,000. The Bible says 3,000 were saved. Hallelujah. So you see, it's not, it's because it's not about you. It's not going to be about your strength. Remember, it's not by your might. If it was by your might, you would fail miserably. I'm telling you, if it was by my might or by the eldest might, say generation, we will not go anywhere. Hallelujah. If it was by my own might, the wisdom of our, the, the knowledge I've acquired by doing a PhD or going to school and all that, if we try to use those things, we can only go this fast. Hallelujah. We can only go this far. And let me tell you, no physical method can give you progress in the realm of the spirit. Physical method can only give you progress in the physical. But spiritual methods will give you progress in the spirit and in the natural. That is why Paul says, physical exercise is of some benefit for this life. But spiritual exercise is of benefit in this life and in the next. Hallelujah. So sometimes you can even grow the church by physical ideas. You can gather people who have done MBA, business administration, to administrate the church and use marketing principles and management principles they've learned in their business schools to run the church. And it will look beautiful like a big corporation. And it will expand and grow. And people will come. But I'm telling you, that does not mean progress in the spirit. Hallelujah. That is why in America, yeah, we have 10,000 sister churches, 20,000 sister churches, big, big churches, but they are all devoid of the spirit. Some of them are so devoid of the spirit. Hallelujah. And the devil, the devil is not afraid. He's not afraid of them. Amen and amen. Because the devil is not afraid of your numbers. He's not afraid of that. Hallelujah. There's, re there's no real progress in the spirit. 
Amen and amen. It's only spiritual method that brings spiritual progress. So, as believers, our strategizing is not even by physical method. Look at the early believers. How did they strategize? Their planning and their strategizing was a prayer and a fasting meeting. The Bible says, as they fasted and they prayed, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work which I called them. Amen and amen. Amen. Then they began to have spiritual progress. Hallelujah. And spiritual progress cannot be seen with the natural eyes. You know, it, it, it cannot be measured with the natural eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. And listen, you have a help in the Holy Ghost. You have a help Amen. in the Holy Ghost. In all things, I need you to know that because we have so many infirmities. Oh, Pastor Sam, I have many infirmities. I have many infirmities, but the Holy Ghost is there to help me. So I don't talk about my infirmities. I rather talk about the divine strength and help I have in the person of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. Because in my weakness is the strength made perfect. Amen and amen. 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 Then Paul lit one particular area, which is prayer. Because you see, like I said, prayer is the highest form of your participation in divinity. And Paul wants us to experience that. The only way you can participate in divinity, in that fellowship that the Spirit of God, the Godhead has, is through prayer. Paul knows in that area we have a weakness, so he, he singles that out. And he, he does what he tells us about it. Hallelujah. Then after you go down through chapters, then he says something. He says that, for we know that all things work together for the good. Ah, of them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Amen and amen. But before he made that statement, he has talked about how the Holy Ghost allowing the Spirit of God to help our infirmity. Where? In prayer. In the name of Jesus. Are you going to allow the Holy Ghost to help you? Yes. This week, this is the exercise we are going to do. You are going to enumerate your weaknesses. Things you know you you are weak in. Write them down. And listen, don't, don't just keep them in your head. I want you to write them down. Write down your weaknesses. Write down your weaknesses. Write down your weaknesses. Maybe it could be in the area of finances. It could be in the area of prayer. It could be in the area of studying the word. Maybe you've never disciplined yourself to study God's word before. It's so difficult for you. You take the Bible and you are sleeping. You read one or two chapters and you are tired. You have no Write them down. It's your weakness. Maybe your weakness is in the area of sharing the gospel. You are never confident. You are always afraid. Maybe your weakness is fear. You always have fear in your life. And that fear has kept you from doing the things of God. Preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel with other people. Maybe that's your weakness. Amen. Whatever your weakness may be, maybe there's something you struggle with. It's your weakness. Or there's a burden you are carrying. You don't, you don't know how to. Write them down. Write it down. What I want you to do is every morning when we gather to pray and also in your own prayer, take those we can tell the Holy Spirit, 
Your word says in the book of Romans chapter number 8 verse 20 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps my infirmities. Then you, you point to those infirmities on the papers. He said, Holy Ghost, help me with this one. Holy Ghost, help me with that one. Holy Spirit, help me with this one. Holy Spirit, help me because that is the reason you are here. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, and you begin to see the Holy Spirit helping you in your life. Say, Holy Spirit, help me with this one. Is it wisdom? He'll bring you the wisdom you need. Is it knowledge? He'll bring you the knowledge you need. Is it strength? He'll bring you the strength you need. He'll kick fear out of your life. He'll kick anxiety out of your life. Hallelujah. He'll kick them out and seal you. Hallelujah. Man, Amen and amen. amen. The Spirit is your helper. So don't let me ever hear anybody say, or don't let any say generation member hear you say, that I can't do this. Oh, I'm not, I'm not the one for this. No. Who, who is the one for it? <laughs> Hallelujah. No. No. It's not as if you are not acknowledging that there's a weakness. You know there's a, oh, that's why Paul said, I glory in my weakness. So that the strength of God will be made perfect in my life. We glory in our weaknesses. You know why? Because we know that in and of ourselves we are nothing. But by the power and through the strength of the Holy Ghost we are everything. Hallelujah. So we glory in our weakness. We glory in our weakness. There are people who always want to spotlight your weakness. They want to bring your weakness to the forefront and let you know that you are weak. And because of that weakness, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. They always want to shine the spotlight on your weakness. But after they've shown the spotlight on your weakness, the Holy Ghost comes in. And he says, yes, because you are weak here, I come in and help you. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, brethren, let's allow the Holy Spirit to help our weakness. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to help our weakness. Let's allow the Holy Spirit. This is why he is here. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen and amen. You want to lift up your voice and begin to thank God for the help that we have in the person of the Spirit. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for the help we have in the person of the Spirit. Lift up your voice now. Begin to thank God in the name of Jesus. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. 